You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show. Fall camp underway at every SEC school. We'll let you hear from every coach with a takeaway from each and every team. Also, longtime college football coach Bobby Bowden passes away. We'll hear from Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban sharing their thoughts on the legendary coach. And we will go around the conference. Tons of tidbits, including Ole Miss being fully vaccinated, Scott Cochran temporarily out of Georgia, and Tennessee loses an offensive lineman to injury. We will discuss it all. I am Chris Gordy. Be sure to follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcasts. You get the latest episode of this show as soon as it comes out each and every day. And a quick reminder, check out all of our other great Locked on podcasts. Just about every other SEC school covered from Locked on Bama to Locked on Gators, Locked on LSU. Find them wherever you find your podcast. All right, let's jump into it. we got a ton to discuss. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. And we start over at Texas A&M as head coach Jimbo Fisher, of course, was the coach in waiting at Florida State years ago under the great Bobby Bowden before eventually succeeding him as head coach of the Seminoles. Yesterday, Jimbo talking with the media following the loss of Coach Bowden, who passed away yesterday at the age of 91. Let's start off today with... uh keep the Bowden family in your prayers. I know we lost a great man in Coach Bobby Bowden today and uh, meant so many things to so many people. meant a ton to me and not only just when I coached with him but when I was learning to be a coach and around him and at different times with his family and what kind of person he was and who he was. It's amazing how he affected so many people but he lived his life the way it was and like I said it's fine a gentleman and coach that's ever walked the sideline um, in my opinion and uh, just uh Tremendous human being, but the lives he touched and the players he touched—that's uh, his legacy, and that's what he always talked about. And we did in the last times we talked about that. He he said those things, and uh, he definitely did that. So he lived a fulfilled life, and uh, said he was ready. And he knows where he's definitely at—that's for sure. Over at Alabama, head coach Nick Saban also starting his press conference yesterday, sharing his thoughts on the passing of Coach Bowden. You know, Coach Bobby Bowden's passing is something that uh, really is saddens all of college football. Uh, This guy was probably the greatest ambassador, at least in my view, or one of the great ambassadors of all time uh, because he coached, he had success coaching, but he was also one of the greatest people uh, and set an outstanding example for everyone in our profession in terms of uh, you don't have to dislike somebody. You don't have to discredit somebody that you're competing against that your, your example of being a, a uh, good person is, you know, something that can help us all professionally. Uh, he wasn't always just about him. Uh, he was always about helping other people. And our thoughts and prayers go out to his family and friends. Uh, th- th- this, this is a um, very sad time for all of us. But, you know, Coach Bowden leaves a legacy that uh, a lot of us can continue to learn from and grow from and uh, something that will never be forgotten. So um, really sorry for him and his family, and our thoughts and prayers are with them. Again, Bobby Bowden, not an SEC head coach, but went up against a lot of SEC coaches throughout the years, and uh, rest in peace to him at the age of 91. We'll hear from all the SEC coaches coming up in just a little bit. Let's get to some news and tidbits around 
some of the campuses across the SEC. Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin confirmed yesterday that the Rebels are 100% vaccinated with less than a month until game one of the season. Kiffin tweeted out yesterday, awesome job, everyone. Players, staff, and students protect the team. Hope this motivates the whole state. It's been a big push in recent weeks. At SEC Media Days in July, Commissioner Greg Sankey said six of the 14 SEC schools had reached the 80% threshold for their football teams that uh, Sankey uh, himself set as a standard. It was unclear where Ole Miss stood at the time, but four of the six programs are known to be Alabama, Georgia, LSU, and Arkansas. Mike Kiffin said the players' willingness to get vaccinated and push each other to do so shows their commitment to making this a special season. Nobody wants to be in a position to forfeit games, Kiffin said. Over at Missouri, according to multiple reports, they are hiring Desiree Reed Francois from UNLV to be the school's next athletic director. Missouri parted ways a few weeks ago with former AD Jim Stark, who still had two years remaining on his contract. Mizzou wanted to go a different direction, get a little younger. Reed Francois is 49. She brings significant SEC experience from a four-year stint at Tennessee. She became the first woman to oversee men's basketball while at Tennessee from 2009 to 2013 was part of the search committee to hire basketball coach Quanzo Martin in Knoxville, one of the key behind-the-scenes voices promoting uh, Reed Francois as an AD in the SEC was Commissioner Greg Sankey, who got to know her during her time at Tennessee. Over Georgia, Scott Cochran has stepped away as a Georgia football assistant coach, at least temporarily. It appears that Will Muschamp will fill in during Cochran's absence. Georgia coach Kirby Smart confirmed yesterday evening that Cochran, who's the Bulldogs' second-year special teams coordinator, is not currently with the program. In a statement released by Georgia, Smart said the 42-year-old Cochran is dealing with some health issues. He's taking time to prioritize his mental health and well-being. Kirby said we fully support him as he takes his time to focus on his well-being. Meanwhile, the Bulldogs have made Will Muschamp their fill-in for the time being. Smart did not confirm that Muschamp would take over as special teams coordinator. Tight ends coach Todd Hartley, who already plays a big role with special teams, can handle many of the on-field duties. Over at Tennessee, they lost some depth on the offensive line, at least for the short term, and could be longer when it was reported that Karon Calbert suffered a bicep injury. Calbert is a veteran lineman for the Vols. Most recently worked at tackle in spring practice. He played in 32 career games with five starts, all at right tackle. He underwent an MRI and is, uh, could be potentially lost for the season, according to one report from VolQuest. He's a fifth-year senior, struggled to stay healthy dating back to high school, but went healthy, found his way into the starting lineup during his Vol career last season. Saw action in nine games as a reserve and on special teams. Former uh, Tennessee defensive back Sean Schamberger, he has reportedly committed to a new school in Tennessee Martin. The 5'11", 190-pound defensive back appeared in just three games for the Vols last year before making the decision to opt out. Overall, Schamberger played for the Vols from 2017 through 2020. Over in Gainesville, Florida is making a late addition to its 2021 roster to bring in a veteran SEC starter. Former A&M cornerback Elijah Blades tells G. Allen Taylor of The Athletic he expects to join the Gators in camp around August 13th. Blades finished his coursework at Texas A&M, waiting on his degree to be finalized to join Florida as a grad transfer. He said, if I can't get into practice next week, I'll definitely be out there the week after that. So a good pickup there for the Gators in an A&M transfer.
Former Georgia wide receiver Demetrius Robertson on his way to Auburn as the Tigers move along in their fall camp. Robertson updated Auburn undercover on Sunday, providing the latest information, said, it wanted me here early so I could get things rolling. As soon as I'm done with my physical today, hopefully I'll get cleared and be on the field very quickly. One other note from Auburn, according to fellow Auburn running back Sean Shivers, met with the media on Saturday. Tank Bigsby looking even better entering his second season. Shivers said he grew up. He's looking way better than he looked last year. Last month, Bigsby made the media's preseason all-SEC team, was the SEC's top freshman rusher in 2020, carrying the ball for 834 yards and five touchdowns in 10 games. A walk-on wide receiver has Kentucky fans buzzing after Saturday's open practice. Rashawn Lewis, son of Pro Football Hall of Famer Ray Lewis, stole the show. Younger Lewis is in the fourth year of his college football career. His career began at UCF in 2018 and uh, then transferred to FAU in 2019 and announced his commitment to Kentucky back last August but did not see the field. Lewis told Kentucky Sports that he feels at home in Liam Cohen's offense, said the biggest part is the way the plays are called. I feel like with Liam, he calls the plays to be able to make a play, whether it's a deep ball, a hurry up, whatever it is, and it benefits us. Over at LSU, they will likely lose tight end Nick Stores to a medical retirement. Coach O called it a medical issue for Nick Stores, who was a one-time pitching prospect for the LSU baseball team. But he had multiple surgeries that derailed his baseball career. LSU would continue to gather information before ruling him out, but Stores was not listed on the team's roster and did not appear at the first preseason practice. And lastly, congrats to South Carolina women's basketball coach Dawn Staley as she earned her first gold medal as head coach of the women's team in the Olympics this past weekend. Staley has three Olympic golds as a player, two as an assistant, but now has one as Team USA head coach. There you have it. That is around the conference. When we return, we're going to jump to every school around the SEC and hear from every coach with a takeaway from their first week in a fall practice. That's next. Do you know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You are playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time than you do. You don't stand a chance. You need to check out our friends over at Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. Nobody else does that. I've tried them. I've played them a couple times already. It's really easy to use. The app, very easy to download. The best part is you are in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be one-on-one. You can play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Just go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. They are giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, stathero.com slash locked on. Roll along here, Locked On SEC. Chris Gordy here with you as fall camp got underway over the weekend. All 14 SEC schools hit the practice field, whether it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever. 
are all out there doing their thing, and so we figured we'd let you hear from some of the coaches, some of their takeaways, their first weekend of action. They started the season less than a month away now, so let's jump into it. Let's hear from some of the coaches, and we'll start in the SEC East. We'll hear from Kirby Smart, first things first, talking about JT Daniels and his improved confidence from last year to this year. Yeah, I, I, I've really not seen a lot of difference in his confidence. He he is, uh, I think, to play the quarterback position, you have to be a confident person uh, in and of itself. Uh, he's probably got more um, confidence for good reason from actual experience in the SEC having played than he had prior. But uh, he didn't lack confidence, you know, whether it was in his arm, his mind, any of that when he first got here. If anything, he probably lacked some confidence in his knee and trusting that. But confidence has not been something that that, uh, that he lacks in. I think his his mental growth and maybe his confidence in his relationship with receivers um, and tight ends has improved. Um, his relationships with the players, just sheer connection has improved, which therefore has improved confidence. He feels much more confident that he can demand excellence when he knows somebody personally. He's in a much better uh, position to be confident. Over at Florida, Dan Mullen. We know the defense had some struggles at time last year. Dan Mullen asked, will you be more physical this year, the Florida Gators? I certainly hope we're more physical, On you know, especially more physical on the defensive side of the ball. I think naturally we're probably more physical on the offensive side of the ball. I can't get into every bit of that last year, but, you know, I think in people look at physicality and how physical you are in running the football and the consistency of running the football and, hey, we're going to power our way over you. And I don't know that we even tried to do that at times last year. You'd go through drive recaps and like, hey, we threw the ball eight times and ran it once on this touchdown drive, you know, and okay. Um, But I think also maybe part of that led to the other side of the ball. You know, I mean, if you're looking and saying, hey, you're going to go play teams, and if, if the team looking that we're, you know, if we go into a game and I know the team we're going to play is going to score 40 points, like we, we were doing it on several occasions last, a bunch last year, your approach to the game on both sides of the ball changes. You know, I think there's there has to be a full team philosophy in how you're going into the game on both sides of the ball. And so, you know, this year we'll see how we do if we're going to, be lighting up scoreboards and throwing it nine out of ten plays that that could change the physicality of how both sides of the ball end up playing over at Kentucky no problem with the defense it was the offense that really needs to improve and still a decision to be made at starting quarterback for Mark Mark Stoops and his crew Mark Stoops asked over the weekend is it better to name a starting quarterback early or does that even matter it's more important to get it right than, than to be in a hurry is there a benefit? Yes, I believe there is. Um, there's a benefit to getting reps. That's that's part of the negative to having a lot of talented players um, at any position. But it seems like it's obviously much easier to, to rotate guys in throughout practice and preseason at other spots than quarterback. Over at Tennessee, Josh Heupel and his crew, they're also having a quarterback decision that needs to be made. And Josh Heupel's asked about quarterbacks, some who maybe have a stronger arm than other, others and some that maybe have better touch than others. What's your thoughts on that, Josh Heupel? Well, there's certain throws you're going to make that require touch. Um, there's some that you're, you're going to drive in there. Uh, slants at times, uh, you're going to, you know, throw the ball with 
some pace on it, you know what I mean, into some of those windows. So uh, we have strong handed receivers that will be able to adjust to whichever quarterback's playing and dictated by their arm strength. Uh, you know, uh, going to let our quarterbacks be them. There's been talk that the Michigan quarterback, Joe Milton, throws a bullet of a pass, assuming that's where the media question came from. Over in South Carolina, Shane Beamer, we heard about it earlier last week, but he gave us an update on Kevin Harris saying uh, they still expect him to be ready for week one, but he's not practicing right now. Uh, Kevin Harris had a minor uh, procedure on his back over the summer just to clean up something that's been lingering and bothering him a little bit. He looks great, uh, moves around great. He was in my office today uh, begging Clint Haggard, our trainer, to let him practice tomorrow. He's not fully cleared yet to uh, practice, but is on track, says he feels better than he ever has. Uh, excited that we were able to get that cleaned up and that minor procedure that he got done. Uh, and fully expect him to be ready to go uh, game one. Kevin Harris, of course, uh, leading the league in rushing last year. Big weapon back for South Carolina. Over at Missouri, Coach Eli Drinkwitz wasn't too happy with his crew on their first day of practice in Como. We got a lot of work to do. You know, I don't know if we need to crown anybody anything right now. I mean, we're a 5-5 five and five football team with a lot of guys coming back. I mean, that, unless we make a lot of improvements, we're a 5-5 five and five football team. So we got a lot of work to do. Didn't, didn't really like the energy today. I don't know if they expected me to carry the day with the energy, but, but we didn't have it. And we, we got to improve. Uh, we we, we got to change the way that we, we got to practice with more urgency. We got to have more energy. And, and today was just kind of a blah day. So, you know, I don't know about returning starters, not returning starters. We got a lot of work to do. Coach Drinkwitz a little chippy. I like it coming out of Missouri. Lastly, over at Vanderbilt, head coach Clark Lee talking about guys taking snaps with the first team, second team, third team. There's guys moving all up and down the depth charts. He said it's important to get a little bit of a mix going here this early in camp. Yeah, it's um, it, we're, we're sorting through a depth chart, you know, so um, we'll, we'll kind of proceed that way through the next – you know, week and a half, and then hopefully things will start to crystallize as, as guys separate. But we need to give them a chance to compete here early on. Do the quarterbacks, you're going to share reps with the top group? Is that kind of going to be the plan for a while? Early on here, I, uh, the, the length of time will be just according to where, where it kind of separates out. But early on, we're going to see, you know, it's about establishing some chemistry and, and not only just with the one group of quarterbacks, but also with the receivers too. So they're going to split time to make sure each person gets a chance to compete. But as soon as it starts to separate, we'll, we'll, that'll show up on the field too. That again, Clark Lee at Vanderbilt. Those are all of your SEC East coaches. When we return, we'll hit on the SEC West here from every one of those coaches next. Built Bar, still the best tasting protein bar ever. What's your favorite Built Bar flavor? We ask you guys all the time. Nine delicious flavors from cherry to raspberry to coconut, mint brownie, my personal favorite. There's something for everyone. If you don't know what your favorite flavor is yet, you need to go try them all out. You can get a mixed box over at BuiltBar.com. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Try them all. Find which one is your favorite. Best part about Built Bar flavors, not only are they the best tasting, but they are healthy too. You can uh, get most of the flavors with 17 grams of protein packed in there, only 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 grams net carbs, 9 amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. It's great if you're just leaving the gym and you want to go that route or if you're just looking for a mid-afternoon snack, better alternative than some of the other junk that is out there. Go order today. You can get that raspberry or mint brownie flavor, whatever you like, 
over at BuiltBar.com. And make sure you use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, before you check out. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Football season right around the corner, and that means you want to be online and registered with Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. We know baseball season's still in full swing. Oh, man, college and NFL right around the corner. You want to make sure that you are ready to go for the start of the season on Bet Online. Go over there right now on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all their great sporting news, sign up bonuses, contest information, tons of stuff in there. Head to their website right now. You can sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Use that in the promo code spot when you sign up at BetOnline, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. It's your chance to get into the game as we approach football season. If you even want to get in some of the over-under win totals, they've got that for you for all the college teams right there at BetOnline. Head on over there to BetOnline.ag. They are your online sportsbook experts. BetOnline. Roll along here, Locked On SEC, and we're continuing our First weekend of fall camp, kind of recap here from each coach around the SEC. We already heard from all the coaches in the East, so let's hear from the SEC West coaches as they all got their fall camp underway this past week. And we'll start in the West with Brian Harson over at Auburn talking about Demetrius Robertson and getting him in. And can we get him on the practice field soon? Uh, and his situation, uh, he will. So he's right there. No, is he going to be here today? No, but he's he's very close. Let me just say that. Bo was exactly right on that, finishing up a few things. And and so just from the academic standpoint, just, just kind of making sure that we have everything um, all buttoned up and good to go. So once he gets here, uh, we anticipate that to be very soon, hopefully tomorrow, and have him out there for practice, if not in the, in the next couple of days. But... Uh, he's close. He's been working hard. He's staying on top of it, um, and I appreciate that about him. This is really important to him. Uh, he's an older player. He's mature. So those things, we all feel very good. We just, like everybody, want to get him here, want to get him started as fast as possible, and, and we're hoping that tomorrow we get a chance to do that. Of course, the Georgia transfer wide receiver could be a big help to Bo Nix and that offense. Over at Alabama, Nick Saban revealing a pretty big name injured for them to start the year LeBron Ray discusses that and also two other guys that were injured uh, earlier this offseason but getting a little bit better here was Nick Saban from an injury standpoint the only I, I think LeBron Ray uh, has a pretty significant growing injury that he kind of got toward the end of the summer uh, that may keep him out for a couple weeks um, but hopefully uh, you know, we'll get him back, and uh, he'll be confident in his ability to play, and we'll just have to wait and see day-to-day how that goes. Trey Sanders, I think, is getting very close to being 100%. The issue always with a player who has a significant injury like he had, you know, how's he going to respond when he actually starts having to play football and gets hit and has to hit other people? Uh, that's an unknown that we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, Malachi Moore is practiced each and every day so far um he did all summer long 
Um, so we're hopeful that he won't have any injuries. But uh, as we all know, uh, those of us, including me, uh, that have had you know some issues with their back, that sometimes these things reoccur with sometimes hard to figure what the reason for this is. What did I do? How did it happen? Why is it hurting again? So you never know about that part of it. But so far, he's done a really, really good job. Malachi Moore expects to play a big part in that secondary for Alabama this year. Over at Mississippi State, Mike Leach asked about injuries as some media members noticed Jack Abraham not taking part in team drills. Mike Leach kind of sidestepping it a little bit, but does talk about what Will Rogers has improved on from last year to this year. Here's a little bit from Mike Leach. Is there anybody that's limited in fall camp? Is there anybody that's not full participant right now? Not that I can think of. Is when? Jack Abraham available? It didn't look like he was out there today. Yeah, Jack's, uh, yeah Jack was out there. Jack did some good things. Uh, Jack didn't uh, play in the drills, though. So. When do you want to start kind of dwindling those reps and getting them down to just a couple of guys? Like, What's that process like? <laughs> sure, I'd like to do that a year ago, but the thing <laughs> is, is uh, you know, these guys change. They don't always stay the same. You know, and the good news is they usually improve. And uh, so you got to keep peeking in on them and seeing what they're doing and then try to distribute uh, the reps. So, you know, the good news is is uh, usually it's a result of improvement. Uh, you know, the bad news is is you're uh, constantly trying to evaluate and, and uh, make the best decision you can. So... And again, Mike Leach, apologies for the golf carts in the background there. Over at Texas A&M, heated quarterback battle between Zach Calzada and Haynes King. Jimbo Fisher asked about the battle yesterday. I know it's only been two days, Coach, but what are the early impressions of Haynes and Zach battling out for that QB1 I think they had good, solid days. I, you know, one of them, I, I, I don't know if we're ones and three, we, we split them up one day. One had the ones, the other day the other had the ones. So. They've been, you know, two days. They've done a good job. They have good knowledge. You can see they worked hard in the summer. So, you know, it's been two days in, so we'll watch. I, this is, like I say, this is an early day for Van Dan Media Day, so it hadn't been a ton of practice. But I've been I've been happy with both practices. And there's been some little mistakes here and there that we'll clean that we'll continue to clean up, just like they always do. But, you know, I've been pleased. Over at Arkansas, Sam Pittman, they've got a new quarterback in K.J. Jefferson. Not named officially starter yet, but settling in. Sam Pittman recapping the Hogs weekend practice. I thought our quarterbacks were very accurate. I thought our protection was better, and uh, thought we played hard. Our transition, our transition needs to get better. Our moving on the field in between plays needs to get better. That'll come. That's that's a a lot of times that's a first practice problem uh, that our kids will fix. They do everything we ask them to do. They just need to understand the expectation, and uh, they will. And I was very pleased with today's practice quarterback a hot topic everywhere over at LSU there's kind of settled itself as Miles Brennan of course suffered that terrible injury with the broken arms so Max Johnson is the guy here was coach O on his quarterback well first of all we miss Miles you know very unfortunate and uh, I think Max and Miles and the whole team were looking forward to competition it was very close we didn't know who was going to be the starting quarterback I thought the competition would have been very good for the football team to see that because there's competition at at every position almost. But uh, it does give us that we know who's our starting quarterback. Obviously, he's got to do it. And uh, 
he's got to be able to perform, but it does enable us to do some things. I mean, he's a lefty and Miles is a righty. It does give us some things that he does different than Miles. Obviously, I'm not going to say everything. I can't. But, you know, we just we know Max is a little bit more mobile than Miles was, and uh, there's some things that he could do. But also, you know, we got to protect him. But you know what? Uh, we got to play to win the game. So whatever that takes, we have to do. Lastly, over at Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin on the Dan Patrick Show just a couple days ago. And Dan Patrick joked with him asking, does it feel hopeless sometimes with Alabama in the SEC dominating like they do so much? Um, a little bit. You know, at times um, in recruiting, especially when he, you know, announces that his quarterback, his backup quarterback from last year is getting a million dollars. That's going to be a little hard to recruit against. <laughs> I mean, like he just accidentally threw that out there, you know. It didn't <laughs> you need to get Warren Buffett or Jeff Bezos to uh, be a sugar daddy for the program there. Yeah, we, we, we're going to need some help on that one. The always entertaining Lane Kiffin. There you have it. All 14 teams across the SEC hearing from every SEC coach. Some takeaways from fall camp. Of course, we'll get some more in the coming days to weeks as uh, injuries happen. And obviously, we get some more clarity on some of the quarterback battles out there. And of course, some names standing out of new guys to keep an eye on. We'll keep you up to date on all of it throughout the next couple weeks. And then we'll get into our uh, season previews, breaking down each and every team across the SEC in the coming weeks. Man, it is August, and the next season is right around the corner. Uh, you want to... Be sure you are subscribed to Locked on SEC. Catch all of our episodes throughout this week. Tomorrow's show, the great Tony Barnhart going to join us. Mr. College Football, we will talk with him all things SEC and get his thoughts on Georgia, some of the other teams expected to be the favorites in the SEC this year. You don't want to miss that. And again, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us, Locked on SEC. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. And a quick reminder, betting on the SEC does not have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast, your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling giving you daily picks. Wrong team favored, Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked on Bets, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for me. Talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Locked on SEC.